Welcome, friends. You are listening to Dream Infringement coming at you from your favorite community radio station, KSKQ. We are your hopefully beloved hosts, Bobby, Castillo, Emily, Castillo. They're married, by the way. Bobby likes to let people know they're co-hosts not only on the show, but in life. That's very dedicated co-hosting. And then me, Jennifer Woodside. Two episodes back, we did Grunge, Then and Now, Part 1. And we covered three artists because we had a lot to say, a lot to unpack. As I mentioned, I was a teenager when the grunge scene was really hitting. And these songs just really got into my young adult angst. But as I was growing older, these songs didn't quite fit the musical soundtrack of the trajectory of my life. And I was curious. I changed. Did they? I can't imagine touring for 20 plus years and having to keep up that momentum of the sad yet numb but definitely angry energy that a new adult feels when they realize the state of the world that they're going into, the monotony of working for the man, and figuring out relationships with equally confused and damaged people. So we're checking back in with these artists and listening to their latest musical endeavors. As I said before, in the years that we've known each other, it's become apparent that I don't like many things, hardly anything. Bobby likes a great many things. He is far more open to different sounds and concepts than I am. And Emily runs more in the middle of our two wildly different perspectives. So it's always fun to see everyone's hot take on new content from past favorites. Will we agree? Will we disagree? And how will that come out? That's right, Jennifer. It's It's been a while since we've all been here together and since our last uh, grunge episode. But we're back. We sure are. And we aren't back just in mind and body, but also in soul. So, Jennifer, without much further ado about nothing, please sock that first track to us now. Garbage is an American rock band that formed in 1993. They disbanded in 2005, but came back together in 2001 to create a new album. This song is called Only Happy When It Rains. I'm only happy when it rains. It said when the band first got together that they were looking for a lead singer uh, who didn't have a high, chirpy, girly quality to her voice and could sing in an understated way. That's what I've always liked about her voice is it's not particularly feminine, like it's, it's kind of deep and she always sounds like a little bit like she has a cold. There's something about her that just seemed very confident, like she wasn't trying too hard, and she sang a lot about mental health issues, which I appreciated. Okay, awesome. 
this brings back a lot of memories uh also i think it should be noted that emily was trying to look up a picture of the band garbage and just typed in garbage into her google machine and then when she looked at the images it showed her lots and lots of refuse garbage so if you are interested in knowing what the band garbage looks like you should take note um and just type in garbage space band because that'll give you what you want if you want to just see garbage just type garbage into your google machine and it'll show you so many pictures of garbage so with that said the memories that it brought up uh so many i i was really into like uh not just like the grunge scene when i was in middle school but kind of um more into like this this i don't i don't even know what kind of music you would call it it was like uh it was just like really kind of like dirty metal rock and roll sounding music like bands like corn or power man 5000 or static x i don't i don't even remember what the genre would have been but garbage kind of felt like it fell in that genre and i really liked it because like jennifer said um her the 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 front person singing uh she had like um a less like high-pitched sound to her voice she had a very kind of like deep resonating voice and um and she just sang about like grungy uh rough sounding things it wasn't like i'm in a relationship and i'm really sad like something that like no doubt might tend to sing about or like happy go lucky type of you know subject material uh, so I liked that about garbage and, um, I just thought like, finally, like a cool rocker girl, this is awesome. And, and I liked that the name of the band was garbage. That was a really great way to kind of like sock it to my parents. Like, yeah, I like a band and the band's name is garbage. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think like those, those kinds of bands really thrived in the, um, late 90s early 2000s emily your thoughts um i i have heard this song before and i like this song um but i don't really have any memories or anything really profound that it did for me in my life <laughs> but i i acknowledge it and i hope it feels validated as a part of grunge music <laughs> Now, Emily, I I want I have a question for you. Okay, what is it? So, is this a song that you can like get into, like really get into? And by get into, I mean like, is this a song that you, if you're listening to it, you're like, yeah, this is I am riding the wave of grunge that this band is just like putting out. Is this a a song that you can get into? Um, no, and I think the reason why is I feel like. It might be trying a little too hard, okay. the lyrics. I really like her voice. I like the way the song sounds, um, but the lyrics are taking me out of the moment I think I could be having with it. 
So you're so it didn't resonate you when she was saying, uh, "Pour your misery down on me." That's not that's not something where you're like, "Yes, please, please and thank you." No, it makes me like laugh because it makes me feel like uncomfortable. Yeah. But also like there are parts of me that can relate to that, but only when I'm feeling really like um what's the word? It's like like self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, kind of like when I like I'm being over the top. Like I'm aware that my <laughs> like I'm having an adult tantrum. Yeah, where you so... want to just like put on like dark eyeshadow and wear all black. And, like, walk around high school with your one um, backpack shoulder strap on, on, and the other one just hanging there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I remember last time we did grunge, I had a grunge scale. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yes. What was I judging, though? Just uh, how much I liked it? I think it was just, like, how much does Emily like it? Let's find out. <laughs> it wasn't, like, a specific... Um, you know, like a specific scale, just like, does Emily like it or not? The Emily, does Emily like it scale? Well, I think we need to bring it back, but I also don't remember if it was like a scale of one to five or did I go all the way to 10? Let's do one to 10. I think that makes sense. You can get a little more nuanced. Okay. So on the scale of does Emily like this song? Emily, how would you rate it? How would you rate I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage? One to ten. I'm going to give it a six. And that is because I respect the song, like I said. Um, I like her voice and I like the way it sounds. But the lyrics are just, they're not doing it for me. They just, they don't speak to you. Um, Not in the way I think it's supposed to. Okay, okay. Maybe you're not the audience it was written for. Maybe middle school boys. <laughs> that's the that's the and audience. And Jennifer. And Jennifer. Middle school boys and Jennifer. There you have it. All right. Well, let's see what Garbage is up to now. So their seventh studio album, No Gods, No Masters, was released in 2021. It says that it is a critique of the rise of capitalist short-sightedness, racism, sexism, and misogyny across the world. Oh, that sounds like a lot. All right, let's let's listen. Well, her voice sounds different. It got a lot deeper as she got older. She now, to me, sounds a little scary, less like a person and more like a figurehead. I realize that they're trying to add more electronic layers to their sound, but it gives me this weird sense of synesthesia of like greasy bubbles and kinetic sand that's like what keeps being in my mind when I hear it though the basic melody without that I think is actually pretty catchy but then it feels like the lyrics are very lacking they're not that hard hitting it's talking about 
what I would say is cyclical stupidity, like running in circles, making the same mistakes. Got it. But when she is singing all our friends, all our lovers, all our babies, what is that? And listening to an album about the critique of capitalism is just not how I relax. I feel very disconnected from this song. The world right now, it's chaotic. There is a lot to be angry about. And I don't want to feed those fires. I'm trying to remain like a sane person and can be balanced. And so this is to me, I wouldn't listen to an album like this. But I'll probably go back and listen to some of their old music. I loved their 2.0 release and the original one that I played the song from because that (laughs) still applies. This does not apply any longer. Yeah, that was not my favorite song. Um, But it, it did have catchy moments that I enjoyed. And... I don't know. It's not really grunge anymore. So I feel like, of course, bands evolve and change. um, But it just, it doesn't really even feel like it's in the same arena as the first one we listened to. So. I felt like the instruments and the singing and every, how everything was mixed, it was very layered um, and in a good way. And I felt like they see, it seemed like a, um, it seemed like a song that would be really fun for the band to perform and to play. Um, and I think that that's kind of, I don't know if they're making music that is necessarily supposed to be catchy for us. I feel like, I, I feel like they have don't they want people to listen to it? Yes, but I think that there's an audience for Garbage. I think that there are people out there who are like, Garbage was my band. I'm going to go see them. They're still putting out, you know, like music and I'm going to go see them. I want to see them live now. And and I and I am loyal to my favorite band, Garbage, and I'm going to keep listening to them. But I, I do think that her voice sounds very otherworldly. It's it's not like in the first song you know, from like the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, whenever it came out, that first song was very, um, you can like tell like a person is singing this. And in the in the new song, it, it like I said, it, it sounds very layered, like almost like they, she has like a like a backing vocalist who's singing like it in a weird um, kind of like harmony uh, that makes it sound like it's like heavily layered and filtered so and her voice has changed um you know gotten deeper but i do i think that it's like it's it sounds f- like it's f- would be fun it's like fun uh arena rock with a message with like a very strong um you know like message in it so i i admired it i i liked it i'm glad yeah. all right if the DJ, if the rock DJ was like, all right, so now we're going to hear something, something new from that old band that you used to like from the late 90s called Garbage. Here is 
this haunting tune for you to enjoy and if they played it i would have been like oh wow that's really cool oh i liked garbage yeah that's um mm -hmm, yeah i like oh wow that's an interesting message very very interesting i can get behind that i like this i like this i'm glad they're still like performing this sounds like energetic so they're not like they don't sound like they've slowed down or gotten tired you know they're like they're still doing it yeah good for them so you're saying that there are such dedicated fans that they'll follow garbage they'll follow garbage no wherever wherever they go wherever they go whatever they do whatever kind of trash can it lands in <laughs> yes um i'm gonna give this a four oh, on no. my scale <laughs> so i respect it as music and music that people enjoy and probably listen to yeah, yeah. frequently and, and i'm not just saying that i like like that song because because um the the lead singer frankly scares me and is very intimidating <laughs> as a person so um yeah so don't come at don't come at us please because emily gave you a four please don't don't break down our door and then start throwing garbage at us and <laughs> singing to us in scary tones oh no garbage is gonna throw garbage at us <laughs> Oh, I wonder if they get a lot of like joke. Got a lot of jokes. I'm sure they did. They're too easy to make. They're they yeah. Feel very silly making them. They probably chose that name too to be like kind of like tongue in cheek. Like what is what is this what is this garbage you're listening to, huh? To they parents say to their teenagers and they're like, Mom, the band's name is Garbage. Come on, as they like <laughs> chew their bubble gum and like, you know, headbang. Yeah. All right, Jennifer, what's next? Yes, what's next? The Smashing Pumpkins is an American alternative rock band originally from Chicago. They were formed in 1988. This song is from their 1995 album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. It's called Tonight, Tonight. This song is not as reflective of their sort of grungier roots and sound. It was more like a concept album. But the musical composition, the orchestra, the, like it's perfection. The video is amazing. And I find everything about the song to be amazing except maybe Billy Corgan's singing voice uh, it's an acquired taste it yeah kind of grows on you but yeah <laughs> um, Billy Corgan is notoriously hard to work with uh, band members come and go but he is like a music producing machine he's prolific my theory is that he seems to work in concepts. I think perhaps he makes up a scenario and soundtracks it. Like this whole storyboarded vision in his head, which is also why he's hard to work with, is that it is all in his head. 
it's all at his speed and his pacing and he wants it a certain way and that that's hard to work with I kind of similar in a way uh to that and so <laughs> uh yeah I have heard Jennifer um express a her uh affinity for affinity that's not really the right word but the commonality her, she feels her love affair that's absolutely the wrong term no okay sorry the um i i am just having the hardest time thinking of of the right words commonality um not camaraderie connection but that's not quite it either anyway to billy corgan and um the the I just think that's really um, great. And also, I, as someone who has worked with Jennifer, um, I feel like I can safely say that I'm sure Billy Corgan is much more difficult to work with. So. Yeah, uh, I could never start a podcast with Billy Corgan. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put that out there. Never in a million years. <laughs> um, I have a very fond memory directly related to dream infringement um and this song <laughs> together and it is that when dream infringement was four people and um we had adara as a, a one fourth of dream infringement and one night we all stayed up really late at um, our house and we watched music videos and this was one of them and it felt like a really special moment and so whenever I hear this song I think about that evening and the song is called Tonight Tonight and it just felt like an evening full of um, possibilities and fun and friendship and so I hold that memory near and dear to my heart and then I also felt it was worth noting that the music video for this song is based on um, a groundbreaking film uh, produced in 1902 called Trip to the Moon. And um, yeah, I bet that a lot of people would recognize it because it's a pretty famous film. So Yeah, it has that scene of uh, uh, where that there's a lot of like obviously a lot of practical effects because that's basically all they had back then there was no computer generated uh tyrannosaurus rex um you know yet <laughs> for them to put in their music video or i'm sorry in their movie um but uh there's the guy who like he has like i don't know a may mayonnaise on his face or something <laughs> and then there's a rocket ship that like lands in his eye um, yeah, it used yeah. to really scare Weston. Our our son. Our son. Um, and he would ask me all the time, like, how did they make that? How did <laughs> they make that face? And I was like, I think maybe they used plaster. And then he's like, What is plaster? But you know, like when you're kind of freaked out by something, but you're very intrigued and you it feels good to rake in more knowledge. True. So we had a lot of conversations about that. And I think we showed him the music video to tonight tonight to try to offset yeah. the creep factor of the old 1902 movie that he saw yeah so 
anyway, Bobby, what are your what are your thoughts on this song and just life in general? Just life in general. Uh, well, I I think that it's a beautiful thing that you connected the song that we just heard with that evening that we were uh, looking up music videos on YouTube. Um, I wish that song was the song that I attached to that really nice um, memory. The song that I attached to that memory is Love Is All Around by DJ Bobo. Um, we were really, I was crazy about that song and that music video. And I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to connect these two music videos and songs. Um, you don't know how, but I'm going to find a way. Okay, so the thing about DJ Bobo and Love is All Around, that song, is that I can't hear that song without picturing the music video. They go hand in hand like they're I can watch the music video on mute and hear that song. I can hear DJ Bobo's voice. Um, If you haven't, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I just think that it will make your life just a little bit better by viewing this music video. Um, So if you feel so inclined, I'll provide you with the information. The artist's name is DJ Bobo. That's B-O-B-O. And his best song, in my opinion, is Love Is All Around. And I suggest you really listen to the lyrics because there's a really good message that I think we can all get behind. Um, Just some fine music video acting, some great singing, and just some good good lyrics, really, (laughs) in general. Okay, so now on to Tonight Tonight by Smashing Pumpkins. Again, a music video that I can watch on mute and hear the music to just in my mind. They're so synonymous, the music video and the song. Um, I love Billy Corgan's voice. We were just talking about this while we were listening to the song, that it is such a an odd sounding voice. It sounds so strained and just kind of unnatural that a person who has a voice like that would be inclined to like start singing, like be the front singer, the front man of a, you know, of a band. Um, but he he wields that voice really well. And I use the word willed on purpose because that voice can easily be a weapon. That voice can be the kind can create the kind of sound that many of us would probably like have a really hard time listening to. But he he knows how to use his voice and it's so like touching in this in this song. Um he he can like soften his voice in a way where it just like kind of pierces your heart. It's just so beautiful. And the practical effects in this music video actually come from a um a uh like an artist that worked on Pee-wee's Playhouse. I forget his name, but I watched we watched a documentary some time ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and the show Pee-wee's Playhouse was just this like ragtag group of of like practical create practical uh, affect creatives and they were just kind of like putting all these wild paper mache puppet glue uh, creations together to make the show and and he was one of the geniuses behind it um including tim burton uh but but this particular um artist he uh worked on um he was kind of like the you know the 
the brains behind the music video tonight tonight um, we'll have to look up what his name was um, and what maybe we'll mention it later maybe after after the next the new song by smashing pumpkins yeah i i'm both intrigued and afraid to hear newer <laughs> smashing pumpkins so um let's just let's get right into it jennifer what do you have for us next Back in August of 2020, the band released a single. They ended up releasing five singles, but in pairs, so 10 songs um, from then until November, and then they released their album. So the song I'm going to play is called Seer. As I stated, I think a lot of his albums are concepts. So this is a concept. The sound here is different. It's very synthesized, like pop on some of the songs. And he has like very synthetic backup vocals, which is different. I don't think the sound pairs with his voice that well, because his voice is not synthetic and smooth. Um, though it sounds like he's gotten a little bit better it's less scratchy than it was back in 1995. the one thing that really stood out to me on all of the songs that he released is that he's singing like literal poetry he's singing old english like imagine this as a shakespeare scene tangents vex the whirl the void arrives, then leaves. Returning, returning a kiss. For lovers built the dream. Like what? <laughs> what is that? So I'm loving the combination of this very synthetic sound paired with this elegant and flowery poetry. I think this song is also talking about the state of the earth, maybe, up to interpretation. Uh, definitely his own take because he says like say I done told you say how I tried to where you've wrought from creation's crown say dire warning stare down your masters with the promise of one and what you are we're on the verge I mean it could be about the environment <laughs> like we need to save the earth I, I don't know but I'm probably going to listen to his album more because some of these songs are just so compelling and uh, it just it's very different it appeals to the part of me that loves words and language and forms of expression so that's my take on it um so first i want to say that i forgot to rate tonight tonight and obviously i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 <laughs> no yeah. question yeah uh this song at first, I was scared at first. I said I was scared. I continued to be a little bit scared within the first, like, maybe 10 seconds. And then something switched, and I loved it. I loved everything about it. And it was, like, kind of like a new wave sound to me. So, like, it could have been from the 80s, but it had, like, crispness of 2020. And I felt like it could be on Stranger Things or something. I ten, it, 10 out of 10! Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Corgan, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it really, as the as the kids say these days, it really slapped. It slapped Do my they say that? It slapped my eardrums left and right. It was so great. Uh I really I too was afraid because I just didn't want to be disappointed by Billy Corgan. Like I love him. I, he's America's sweetheart. He's so weird. He he's a strange looking man. Um, he was strange when he first came out, uh, on the scene back in the early nineties, he's strange now. And he has all these side projects that are also strange and, um, but they're also lovable. Uh, he just, he has, uh, a catacomb of a brain that just keeps on reaching deeper and deeper and finding these like really fascinating concepts and styles of music. And I'm just, I'm excited to hear what he continues to do. Um, he just keeps on rocking. Yeah. I, I'm glad that we're all in agreement on this one. Yeah. And also I, 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 you know, when I listen to a song, I kind of try to picture like the scenario that I would listen to it and the and the less obscure the scenario is the better, I think, because there are some songs that um, I can really only listen to when I have, you know, after like the 10 second countdown and I'm in a rocket ship flying into outer space to about to be the first to colonize Mars that that didn't fall under that. That actually, this song that we just heard, it would go really well on like my running mix. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, less obscure, the better. Yeah, because it makes it real. Okay, we got to move on to the next song. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. Okay, let's. Stone Temple Pilots was started in 1989, and the band's debut album, Core, was released in 1992. And they went on to become one of the most successful bands of the 1990s. The band's lineup remained unchanged from its formation in 1989 until the firing of lead singer Scott Weiland in 2013. Weiland later passed away in 2015. However, the original members of the band kept it going. And later, the lead singer spot was filled by a singer named Jeff Gutt, who we'll hear after this song. This is Flies in the Vaseline. One time a thing occurred to me, what's real and what's for sale, blew a kiss and tried to take it home. For this song, I really like that the main guitar part is in a lower key. I feel like it gives it such an immediate, distinctive, and also kind of catchy sound. And I like how in many of their songs, there's this sort of sad, almost dystopian snarl. He was like aggressive, he was angry, but also really despondent, which really just hit <laughs> the teenaged angst state in just the, the right feels. Stone Temple Pilots, what can I say about STP, as we called it, called them in the grunge scene? Um, uh, I was probably about eight years old, I think, when this song came out. Uh, but it definitely, uh, it was part of the mosaic of, like, rock and roll that I was introduced to 
like subconsciously. So I can't say anything negative about them. I just I think that they are like a quintessential band uh, when it comes to grunge. And uh, yeah, I just I love it. It's it's like rock at its finest. And I enjoy his his singing and the and the music arrangements and and the, the bridge, everything. All of it is good. Agreed. Agreed. Um, for the sake of time, I'm just going to give it a rating on my scale. And that's going to be an 8 out of 10, folks. 8 out of 10. And you can think of all the reasons why using your own imagination. Um, I am curious to hear uh, who what they sound like now, especially with a new singer. Yeah. So. And I had expressed that I didn't think it would have been hard to find a new singer. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see who could fill those uh, Doc Martens. So the song that we're going to play next is from their eighth studio album, Perdita. It was released in February of 2020. It's the band's second album with Jeff Gutt as the lead singer. It's an acoustic record largely recorded on vintage instruments. And this was their first single called Fare Thee Well. Well, that was a 180. It's hard to judge based on how acoustic this is and how not acoustic the first one was. I feel like it had some good components, but I wish that it was just a little more raw. Like I wanted more emotion out of the the singer. I kept wondering what a cover by Bonnevere or Iron and Wine would sound like. Um, so this is, it's a decent song, but it does not hit me in any of the feels. I'm going to have to agree with you, Jennifer, in that my feels were not hit either. Um, but I do recognize that this is a perfectly fine song. It sounded a little more classic rock to me, although I could hear some of the elements of um, old Stone Tumble Pilots. So it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah, and Stone Temple Pilots, like, they, it still, like, has all of the cool kind of vibes as Stone Temple Pilots as, like, a harder song, um, just, like, with the, with the different, like, I don't know, the, the twists and turns that the vocals take, um, note-wise, and it sounds kind of like what you would hear on, like, MTV Unplugged if Stone Temple Pilots was on it. Oh, yeah, I could see that. And I can't help but picture, like, that this band, they've, like, fired their bandmate that I'm sure they went through so much with to even arrive at that point. And then he dies, and they're trying to, like, pick up the pieces to, like, keep on making music. So it feels like they deserve our sympathy, and they deserve for us to just um, keep listening. Yeah. So... All right. Well, that's it from us tonight, folks. It sure is. We'll be back with another episode fresh off the presses next week. Stay tuned. Yes. And enjoy Sophia Blanton's world music show and more KSKQ after that. Yes. So good night and sayonara. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Arrivederci, baby. Ciao, Mama. Yep. Yeah.
<laughs> all those things. Good night. We love you. Peace.